Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, fans of the Combat Cast, we're back. Me and Chevy are here early because we got the day off. And uh, Snow day here in the Northeast. Snow day. I took the day off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a message from one of the district managers who's filling in. Did everybody make it to the warehouse? <laughs> one guy responded, not yet. I don't. I think the rest of them did what I did. So Yeah. But uh, Chevy. Tell everybody what we got coming up, buddy. <laughs> All right. Next week, March 11th, UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Dwalish. Really great band and weight matchup. Looking forward to that one. And then March 18th, UFC 286, Edwards versus Usman 3 from London. Looking forward to that card's going to be great, I'm sure. Um, and then March 25th, the card that got moved from the apex to a real arena in Texas in San Antonio, I believe USC fight night Vera versus Sandhagen. Another That's great band weight matchup. Yeah. Such an awesome fight. Um, you know, speaking of not uh, such a great card, there was this past weekend's card. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had a few stinkers lately. I think we're going to uh, be blessed this weekend, but a couple rough fight nights lately. Yeah, we didn't even get our main event, Cryoff Span. <laughs> Second time in three months, I think, that this has happened that night of the fight, one of the fighters has pulled out. So Cryoff uh, yeah. was sick, so they had to cancel that event. It was moved, um, which is part of our news, uh, but we can just talk about it now. Cryoff versus Span has been moved to March 11th, so that'll be on next week's card. Um. But yeah, disappointing. The the card overall, not very exciting. So we're just going to go over a couple highlights for us. So um, Tatiana Suarez, obviously we uh, we were talking her up last week, but she got the win and in dominant fashion, really. Yeah, really, when you think about it, we didn't even talk about she was going up a weight class yeah. for this because she didn't want to do a weight cut coming back. She just wanted to concentrate on a fight. When you take a look at that and the time off, and the fact that she had a capable opponent in there, mm-hmm. um, I thought she did really well. Um, I would be interested to see how she does at that weight class uh, long-term someday. I feel like it'd be a tougher weight class. I feel we saw that, too, that, you know, trying to, like, throw people around who are a little bigger. You could see where yeah. it wasn't as easy for her as it has been in the past. But she also had that long layoff. So I would say overall super impressive. Uh, she mentioned afterwards that she wants to fight the best and she means it nothing but respect. And one of the names she mentioned was Rose Namanudas. And I thought to me, like, that could be the fight to make right there. You know, she's coming off this long layoff, but she's one of the top in the world. Rose is coming off that tough loss Two respectful fighters, both talented in what they do. I like to see that. Yeah, it's a good matchup. I- I'd like to see that, too. It- you know, the UFC is going to want to push Tatiana um quickly because she's proven that she is 
a tremendous fighter, and also she's a bit injury prone. So you don't want to try to give her too many tune ups and stuff. You want to the UFC is going to try to get the most out of her as quickly as possible. So mm-hmm. I I think we might actually see that fight if Rose is willing to do it. You know, I feel like she's kind of hard to sign on to fights lately, but yeah. um, I, I'm excited for that matchup if we see it. Absolutely. And uh, only other fight I think we really wanted to note from this past weekend was just the, what ended up being the main event, Brendan mm-hmm. Allen and uh, Andre Muniz. Uh, Chevy, you called it Brendan Allen um, under the radar. Uh, he looked real good here. Uh, I was very impressed and I don't really have a lot to add. I'll let you want to add something to it. I'll just say that uh, I always try to think of fights sometimes for these guys afterwards. Uh, one name that I saw that I didn't see who was fighting a couple, and he may be fighting, so I could be wrong, but a couple notches above him, uh, Jack Hermanson. Yeah. Um, as far as the fight, I didn't, I don't think I expected Brandon Allen to sub Muniz. That is a right. huge accomplishment. Um, and he was super respectful, but it was a good fight. He looked great. Um, glad to see him doing well. He had a long call out list after the fight, and Hermanson yeah. was on the list in the uh, in the post fight, uh, not in the cage, but his post fight presser. Uh, he talked about Jack Hermanson as a possible uh, matchup, and that's a great matchup. But he also called out Sean Strickland, and, uh, Chris Curtis. Those are a couple losses he had. Um, that he'd like to get back again, respectful, but the guy just thinks he's the best and he was off that night. So I, I think if he can get pushed for that Sean Strickland one, he's the biggest name and probably the easiest fight for him. Mm. Um, so if I was him, I'd go for that. I think Hermanson might be the toughest matchup for him. Uh, you know, Chris Curtis is just a winner all around. I think that's also pretty tough, but Hermanson is very similar to Brandon Allen style wise on the feet and on the ground. So I think if he could easiest path to victory is push for Sean Strickland, really get, you know, that takedown early and, and uh, get a finisher early. Try not to leave it standing on the feet. You, you know, not to throw you a curveball. We're going to talk about a couple of new segments here, but um, Chris Curtis was a name mentioned. Uh, did you hear his comments recently? Uh, he was a little pissed off that uh, I believe it was Raul Rosa. Uh, is going to be taking. He bumped him from the main card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I want because we're gonna we can talk. I, I feel like there's a similar thing happening on this card a little bit too. Yeah. When you look at the outstanding prelim fights, and not that Bo Nichols is a you know a young kid, but when you look at what he's done so far in the game, and some of these people that aren't on this main card, it's an interesting thing. I was kind of curious. Like I can understand where Curtis is a little salty about it. Yeah, I get it, but also he's experienced. He knows it's a business. It's right, you know. It be more exciting. I mean, that's shitty to say, but you what you should be doing is thinking you should be bumping some of those other experienced guys that you right. know don't have a name like you do. Take a different uh, attitude. I, to be fair, too, I have not heard a lot of people complaining that Bo Nickel is on the main car right now. Now sure we're is. we're gonna get into it, but I, yeah. I he this is the most excited I've been for a UFC debut ever. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll get into that though. Uh, other news segments. Yeah, just uh, which we're also gonna talk about. Sergey Pavlovich will be the backup for the main event um, for Gon and and Jones this weekend too so that that yeah. is an exciting stylistic matchup if that comes to fruition for either guy um 
I'd say more so for John Jones because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cyril just beat Ty, which I'll, is I'll, a similar style. But I'll just throw it out there. I'm going to give you like people's records and stuff as we go down these uh, cards later. Uh, survey uh, 17 and one, 14 KOs, three decisions. Uh, this guy, since losing his UFC debut to Alistair Overeem, yep. ha- has won five in a row, all finishes, all first rounds. You just mentioned Ty. Before that was the Black Beast. Like, he is a very interesting backup opponent for this. And um, John Jones, let's not forget, in his career, he refused to take a backup fight with Chael Sonnen on an early fight notice. Which I don't think John would better, but like John does not necessarily like last minute replacements. I cannot imagine he would be a fan of getting this guy last minute. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I assume that the UFC would have worked this out ahead I would of time. Think so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's not who John Jones wants to fight for sure. He'd like to fight the technical kickboxer that he can. You know, we'll get into it, but yeah. he has a game oh, yeah. plan against Gone that is not the same game plan that he would use against Sergey necessarily. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's it for the news. So let's get right into the card. There's yeah. a lot of good fights on this card, so we're gonna go through prelims and everything. Um, I'm just gonna mention a couple early prelims to keep an eye out for. So Jessica Pena versus Tabitha Ricci is on early prelims on Fight Pass. Uh, Mana Martinez is on that card, and also uh, Irish fellow Ian Gary, very exciting uh, newcomer to the UFC. So keep an eye out for those if you have Fight Pass, and uh, we're going to break down these prelims. So starting off the prelims, uh, Julian Marquez, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Mm -hmm. uh, versus Marc-Andre Barrio, Power Bar. Uh, you know, a couple great uh, nicknames from these guys. Power bar, 14, 6, and 1, 9 KOs, 1 subs, 4 decisions. Uh, he's 3, 5, and 1 in the UFC. Uh, Marquez is 9 and 3, 6 KOs, 3 subs. He don't like to go to the distance. Um, 3 and 2 in the UFC. He's coming off his first time he's ever been knocked out. Um, I don't think... Uh, like, I think Marquez is going to respond well to this. I think he's back. He's going to want to make a statement. He's already like a finish or be finished kind of fighter anyway, for the most part. Um, I think he's going to get it done here. I think it's going to be a first-round knockout. Yeah, so a couple of powerful guys both coming off losses, like you said. Um, this could be a toss-up, but actually I think that um, Julian's going to be over-eager. He's going to... Uh, be aggressive, and that's going to cause Barrio to be defensive. He has, a, I think, the fire, the excuse me, the higher fight IQ. He'll be smart, and I think he gets a decision when he can kind of uh, be the matador to Julian's bull. So I think he gets a decision. All right. Vivian Orojo versus Amanda Rebos. This is a great matchup, too. Yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, so Vivian is 11-4, three KOs, four subs, four decisions, five and three in the UFC, and she's lost two out of the last three. So tough time. Let's go to Rebez. See if this sounds familiar. She's 11-3, three KOs, four subs, four decisions, five and two in the UFC, five and two in the UFC, and she's lost two out of her last three. This is virtually almost identical. Um, so very even match here. 
Um, really hard to say. I'm going to say this is going to go to decision, and I'm going to lean towards Rebus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both of these ladies are only losing to the top-tier fighters. Um, and I think, like you said, skill-wise, they match up very evenly. But Amanda is in her prime. She's 29, and uh, at 36 years old, Arroyo will start to decline soon. Um, so just based off that, I'm going to go with Rebus by decision. But I think it'll be a very close fight. Absolutely. All right, another very exciting matchup. This is a yes. just a fantastic card. Um, yes, because we're now still we're only in the prelims. Interesting that some of these people have been bumped off. But go yeah, ahead. exactly. So Derek Brunson versus Driscus Duplicis. Duplice, I believe it's pronounced Duplice. Yes, I actually know that because I made it a point to learn it. Um, Duplice is uh, sixteen and two. Seven KOs, ten subs, one decision, six fight win streak, four and zero in the UFC, and three finishes. Very impressive. Derek Brunson, twenty three and eight, twelve KOs, four subs, seven decisions. He's won five out of his last six, and he's got wins over Holland and Till on that too. Now, uh, the police is coming off a victory over Till as well. He got a submission. He looked great in. Till looked like he was ready to fight in that card, and the police looked dominant. Now, if you're going by who's on the come up here, and you look at who's been looking really impressive in the last fights, it'd be real easy to say Duplicis is the prospect here. Mm-hmm. In fact, he is. And this is who the UFC probably wants to win. And he could. This is a close fight. But Derek Brunson is that guy who's a spoiler for people like this. Like, he's a great wrestler. He's got a hard, he hits hard. Like, he is a tough fight. And he's fought the best. And he's fought the best for a while. Um, you know, he's coming off a tough loss over to Jared Kennier. Um, you don't know, again, Brunson has been in the game for a while, if this is going to be the start of his decline, but I don't think so. Um, I like the pussies. My heart wants me to say, you know, this is the come up. My mind is telling me it's not yet. That Brunson is going to spoil this party and uh, he's going to use his wrestling. And uh, he's going to get it done with some ground and pound, probably late round three, and he'll get the finish. Yeah, there is a path to victory for Derek, for sure. Um, He needs to drag Driscus to deep water, wear him out with wrestling, like you were saying. Uh, He should not engage in the striking any more than necessary to set up takedowns because Driscus is super powerful. But he carries a lot of muscle, and he he can be worn out. We saw him get tired uh, basically from beating Darren Till's ass in that first round, which, you know, you can blow your gas on on that. But he looked very tired. Um, But if Derek can get Duplices up against the cage in a clinch, he needs to watch for Duplices to frame and then elbow him. He's very good about that um, when they disengage, uh, making sure that he gets shots off when they disengage from the clinch. And also, uh, Driscus will snatch on Derek's neck. If if he shoots a shitty takedown and keeps his head in there by Duplice's hip, um, his neck will be there to be grabbed. So um, if Derek can manage all that, he'll win. But I think he's going to engage too much, get a little over eager and uh, gets caught and gets finished. So I'm going to say Duplices round one TKO. Okay. Well, well, it's, I mean, that's an interesting fight. Like I can definitely see the police finishing this early. 
Uh, I could see Brunson winning by decision. I feel like I think we're saying the same thing, though. The later this fight goes, it does probably favor Brunson. Right. I think Derek could even, if he tires him out, I, he's powerful enough to finish yeah. Duplice as well. But I think most likely, you know, his path to victory is a boring decision. Um, a lot of clinching, a lot of laying on top of him, tiring him out. But I think he's going to get caught because it's only going to take one to wobble Derek, I think, and to get finished. So uh, Duplice's round one. I think he catches him. All right. Going to move on to uh, the featured bout on the prelims. Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. It's an interesting fight. Uh, Cody Garbrandt is 12 and 5. This is a guy who set the UFC on fire at one point. Former Bantamweight champion. Uh, of those 12 wins, 10 KOs, two decisions. He's lost two in a row, but more importantly, he's lost five out of his last six. Um, you know, he lost his title and he had some violent knockouts in the rematch with TJ Dillashaw and has arguably never been the same chin wise. Trevin Jones, though, 13, 9 and 1. Not a sparkling record either. Three KOs, four subs, six decisions, and he's lost three in a row. What I was interested in, though, when looking up Trevin Jones's record, he's never been knocked out. He's had a couple submission losses and a couple decision losses. And given Cody's chin, and I don't trust it completely, I'll find it interesting to see how this fight goes because I feel like he's he's shown to be very vulnerable at this point in his career. We haven't seen it wherever. So he's got that chin back or anything. Um, I'm going to take Cody here. Cause I think he's just a better all around fighter out of these two. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. And I think he's going to win it by decision, but <laughs> I won't be surprised if he gets knocked out. I, I hope he does it. I hope his career continues to go. I kind of feel for the guy, but um, we'll see what happens. I'm going to take him by decision. Yeah, they're trying to give Cody every opportunity to keep his job here. Um, I think the loser of this is probably going to PFL or Bellator. Um, Record-wise, this is a high-pressure fight for both guys. Trevin doesn't have great KO power, so I think Cody can use his speed. Um, Mm -hmm. He does have great speed, especially hand speed. Um, To touch him up a little bit, that'll help him boost his confidence. If he's not worried about the knockout so much he can get in that flow state similar to what he was in that fight against Dominic Cruz. Obviously we're never going to see that Cody again, but if he can get into that, that high confidence flow state, you know, touch Trevin a few times, I think he could eventually land that heavy shot. And I think he might get that TKO. Um, mm. I still got faith in Cody Garbrandt. It's so got hands. Yeah, I'm going to say Cody TKO round three. Lots of tears after he wins. It's going to be very emotional for sure. I really hope it happens for him. I like the guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So excellent prelim card. We're going to move on to an excellent main card. Excuse me. We're going to start off the card with Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. All right. Let me get my little things here. Bo Nickel, 3-0, 1 KO, 2 subs. Uh, I think his college wrestling record for those who are like wondering knew <laughs> the Ponickel is like a hundred and twenty and three. Um, he's got some submission grappling uh, contests where he had a couple draws and he had a loss to Gold- Gordon Ryan, which is no shame in that. Gordon Ryan, right. the best. but he did 
land a sick suplex on Gordon Ryan in that right. gravel catch. Yeah, so this this kid's got like a lot of experience coming in here, uh, the UFC. Now that being said, Jamie Pickett is 13 and 8. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Right away, I feel like we're trying to set up Bo first first victory in the UFC, which they should. Uh, but let's go through this though. Eight and O, uh, eight KOs, one sub, four decisions. He's two and four in the UFC, and he's a former Dana White contender series guy himself. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting flashbacks here of though, Aaron Pico and Bellator when he was making his debut, and we put him up against a guy who was like twelve and one. Now this guy's got more losses, but this guy's got two wins in the UFC already. This guy's won on the contender series. This is a like for a first fight. What a guy! I'm sorry. Let's get back to first fight for a three and zero record. Like this is a guy he's fighting that has like 21 fights on a professional level, six of which have been in the UFC already. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, this is going to be interesting. Like this is not like. If based on performances, you think Bo Nickel will dominate this, but those are against performances of lesser experience. So it, sure. it's an interesting fight. I I can't go against the hype train of what I've seen with Bo Nickel. I think if anything, he's got his wrestling to rely on. Um, I think Bo will beat him. Um, we may be surprised, and this may go a little longer because there is that lack of experience, but I'm going to say no. Despite everything I'm telling you and I'm giving you devil's advocate, I think Poe's going to still do what he does. He's going to light him up, and I think he's going to end up uh, probably subbing him. Um, I'll say we go to round two this time, though. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, this, is, like I said, the most excited I've ever been for a UFC fighter's debut. Um, and a bow appears to be working on being well-rounded you know he had that ko in on fight pass uh and then he had that submission in one of his um contender series fights yep uh but we know that wrestling is his greatest strength for sure um but jamie pickett like you said will be his toughest opponent by far um but excellent test but I, I expect we're just going to see Bo cut through Jamie uh, very easily and get a finish. Like you said, I'm also going to go with the round two sub. I think yeah, he tries to like feel that. him out on the feet a little bit, see, you know, test where he is at on the feet. And then once he, you know, gets a feeling, he'll shoot, get a takedown because Jalen Turner is not going to be able to stop a takedown from Bo Nickel. And uh, he'll either ground and pound him or gets a submission. He seems to favor the submission. So I think we see that. Zach Freeman was the guy that uh, beat uh, Aaron Pico, by the way, in his debut. Um, that was a weight class difference, too, for Aaron Pico. Right. Like, they had such a hard time finding him a fight that he that he had to take a you know more experienced, different weight class uh, opponent yeah. and you know, got punished for it. So He really did. Mm. Yeah. I believe you said right. Jalen Turner, too, when you were talking about Jamie Pickett. Oh, I'm sorry, Jamie Pickett, yeah. We're about to talk about Jalen Turner. Yeah, Jalen Turner, yeah. Uh, he's on the next fight. So, Mateus Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. Gamrot is 20, sorry, sorry, guys, 21, 2, and 1. Seven KOs, five subs, nine decisions. He's won four out of his last five. His last fight loss was to Benir Dariush. No shame in that. I actually thought he looked very good in that fight, too. Yeah, close decision. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, four and two in the UFC. 
Uh, this guy's a beast. Uh, Jalen Turner, though, 13 and five, nine KOs, four subs, four fight win streak, <clears throat> all finishes. He's five and two in the UFC. Uh, and his last fight was a performance in a night two against Brad Riddell. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely bringing some uh, fireworks, I think, into this. But I think Gamrot is the more complete fighter. Uh, and for that reason, I think he will probably get a sub. And I think he's going to do it. Um, I'll go round two. I like round two. Yeah, Mateus may be one of the most underrated guys in the UFC. He's a former KSW champion, and his only losses are very close decisions. So, obviously, that decision to Benil Dariush, and then he, he lost a split decision, I think, in his UFC debut. So, um, very, very tough guy. So, like you said, Turner's on a great streak right now, and he's very good at using his reach and power in combination. Um to great effect, but I, I just think that Gamrot is going to be too much for him. I, I see Gamrot getting a comfortable decision win. I think Turner will last, but uh, he's going to get taken down a lot. Um, I don't think Gamrot's going to want to strike too much. I think he strikes just enough to get in and grapple with him. So I'm going to go with Gamrot by decision. All right, move on to Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Shavkat. I forgot to actually write down um, notes, but I pulled it up in time here. Uh, real easy to pull up. Guy's 16 and 0. Yeah. Um, he's got eight knockouts and eight submissions. He's so, scary. Uh, yeah. Jeff Neal, who is 15 and 4, nine KOs, two subs, four decisions. Uh, he's on a two fight win streak over Ponce Nibio, Vincente Luque. Um, he's won nine out of his last seven, 11. His only two losses are to Magni and Wonderboy. So, I mean, it's not um, – you could say he's the stiffest competition, but um, what's this gentleman's last name again? Rockmanoff. Rockmanoff is coming over and winning over at Jeff – or Neil Magni, who uh, obviously um, has a, is one of the few losses Jeff Neil has. So mm-hmm. uh, so I would have to go Rockmanoff and given it um, – he can get it done either way. I think Neil likes to strike too, though. So I'll say Rachmanov gets it done uh, with submission. I guess I'm picking a lot of subs today. Uh, I'll say he gets it done round one, though. Sub. Yeah. The USC, I know they don't give any quote unquote easy fights, but goddamn, Jeff Neil has quite the strength of schedule. Uh, let me list them off for you Luke. Ponzinibbio, Magni, Wonderboy, <laughs> Nico Price, Mike Perry, and he has a win over Bilal Muhammad. Like yeah. that, what a resume for this guy! Isn't and this now, Jeff Neal too? That was I had like another job at one point. Yes, he, he worked at Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, you know he was <laughs> for a lot of those fights. He was like a waiter at Texas Roadhouse, and now he's you know all in, hundred uh, percent training every day, a fighter. So, um. I think the UFC is doing him dirty, giving him Shafkot. I mean, that's just the toughest matchup. Uh, he's an absolute monster, a destroyer. Um, he's incredibly yeah, excited. Bad now with that yeah. one round, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's incredibly exciting. He's well-rounded. Um, I'm hoping that Jeff Neal can steal his thunder, um, but I don't see that happening. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Rachmanov gets a late, I think, a KO. 
I think he's just superior in all aspects of that. We're also saying I think that this guy is going to be a fight for the title soon. He's just yeah, he's he's on par with um, what's uh, the welterweight middleweight? Why well, can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, Chimaev. Yes, he's on par with Chimaev. Uh, you know, they have similar just marauding styles. Um, just super scary guys for sure. So I, I think uh, Rachmanov gets a. Kale late in round two. I hope not, though. Room for Jeff Neal oh, big time on this one. Yeah, especially when you talk about all that. And I think yeah. back about the Texas Roadhouse thing. Like, yeah. this guy hasn't been given any favors. No, for sure. He he has had the toughest road in the UFC. So, yeah. all right, move on to our co-main event: uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso for the women's flyweight belt. I feel like I just want Shevchenko to win this so she can fight Aaron Blanchfield now. After her yeah, fight. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But let's go through it. Alexa Grasso, uh, 15 and three, four KOs, one sub, 10 decisions, four fight win streak, undefeated at flyweight. So that should be noted. So once he's moved up to weight, this weight class, Grasso has not lost. Shevanko, 23 and three, eight KOs, seven subs, eight decisions, nine fight win streak, 2 and 0 as a boxing record. Try to find her uh, Muay Thai record. Um, I can find different ones. It's one tremendous. Found, yeah. One I found was like the least amount of wins was like 56 and two. Yeah. I found one. She has more wins, but if you just take that 56 and two, one combine it with her two boxing wins and her MMA, it's like, she's like 81 and five. So, and that's over several different types of martial art platforms. She's the elite of the elite. She should win this. Uh, I think she'll probably tap out Grasso. Uh, I think Grasso will be a competitive. I don't want to say competitive, but I think Grasso will not just be there to be finished. Um, so I think this will be another round two submission. That being said, I will throw the caveat. Shavanko's last fight was the one where she looked her weakest. So Talia Santos. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Talia Santos. So that could be Santos, but that could also be Shavanko has been at this game for a long time. Um, so we shall see, but I still can't go against Shevanko at this point. So round two, sub. Yeah, I know Valentina didn't look great in her last fight. Um, I think that might be a little bit of a wake up call for her too. To you know, she can't overlook these girls. Uh, I mean, she's still the queen. So I do think that her reign may be coming to an end sooner rather than later. Especially when we talk about Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, but I don't think Grasso is going to be the one to get that done. I. I think the person that's going to beat Shevchenko is going to have to finish her. And Alexa Grasso is not really much of a finisher. She's just super tough and she has great fundamentals and stuff. But uh, Shevchenko is going to outmatch her everywhere in that cage, I think, unfortunately. So I do think she puts up a good fight. I think it goes to decision, but I'm going to go with Valentina by decision win. Well, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't, too. I'm going to be real tired by then. But uh, we'll move on to the main event. John Jones versus Cyril Gaon for the the vacated heavyweight title. Some people are going to, and our friend group are not going to like me after we're done with this prediction. But <laughs> well, yeah, they don't watch our show. Don't worry. <laughs> John Jones, 26-1-1, 10 KOs, 6 subs, 10 decisions. Uh, he's a two-time light heavyweight champion. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's Arguably is the greatest of all time. Um, Cyril Gaon, 11 and 1, five goes, three subs, three decisions. Cyril Gaon uh, has really beaten everybody with the exception of Francis Nagano that they put in front of him, and he's looked impressive doing it. 
and at only 12 fights in the game so far and already fighting some of the best, nothing but upside for Cyril Gaon. However, at this point in his career, um, he's probably outmatched here, I think. Uh, and now, granted, there's some X factors. We don't know how John Jones is going to be at heavyweight. But it looks like the time off, like I've been watching stuff with him, like he put this weight on the correct way. He's had people working with him where they got him moving around. Apparently, this is what they say, of course, going by what they say at his light heavyweight speed, but he's just as strong. Um, what I really don't like here is the style matchup, too. When I think about that one loss uh, Gon had to Francis Nagano, where Nagano was basically able to use that wrestling in that match to really take him down. Although Francis was getting better at wrestling and it's impressive, John Jones is another level of like wrestling. Many like levels. Jones, yeah. Like John Jones took down Daniel Cormier. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so I just, in terms of heavyweights, I feel like this is the best matchup style wise John Jones could have probably got out of uh, this. I think Jones is going to use his wrestling. I think he's going to wear him down and I think he will sub him. I don't think he'll be right away. Uh, this one is probably going to go to at least round four. Uh, but those championship rounds, and I think that'll be the difference. Yeah, I hope Cyril head kicks Jones and KOs him early into the fight, but uh, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, um, I think the first time that John gets touched, he'll shoot, and then it's basically over for Gon. Even if Gon manages to get up and survive the round or whatever, John's just going to keep taking him down, wear him down. He's going to break uh, Gon's will. Um, I personally don't see Cyril as a true fighter. I um I feel like he views it more as a sport, not as you know, he likes the technical aspects of right. the technique of fighting, not being a fighter. Um and I think John's really gonna bring that fight to him. I am concerned, uh you mentioned his team talked about uh they think his speed is the same. I'm not convinced that that's going to be true. I, I think we might see John be quite a bit slower. He was already hittable before. Right. Um, and a heavyweight is going to be much tougher to take those shots. But like you said, I think matchup wise, this is a good matchup for John. I, I do see him probably just going for that takedown. He might look a bit rusty. Um but I think eventually he gets him down and he could either sub him or I think more likely uh, ground and pound. He'll be feeling real powerful, dropping a lot of elbows and mm. punches. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with Jones ground and pound TKO round three. Yeah. And we'll all go to bed sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that extra weight is definitely going to be the one big X factor in this with the time off. And, you know, this is the first time I think Jones might be fought someone younger than him, too. You know, Jones right. He, yeah, he's. I think I saw he's the uh, Chael talking about. He's the oldest number one contender in the UFC at this point. I think hmm. so. That plays a factor, but also heavyweight guys a heavyweight peak much later yeah. in in their careers. So this is the time for him to probably have gone to heavyweight too. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So and he was getting hittable at light heavyweight, but it's a whole new coat of paint. This could be really good for him, really bad. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario is Siragon falls out of the fight and we get short notice Sergey Pavlovich versus John Jones and Sergey just rushes John, clips him, and KOs him. 
I mean, even if you're a fan of John, I think that's the most interesting thing from a fight standpoint is how John's going to deal with those power punchers at that, you know, those bone crushing. Yeah. Knock you out. Not to say, but Gon is more of a technique guy that knocks you out. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he can beat you down with volume and stuff like that. But I think, you know, if John gets stunned, his survival instincts are very good. He'll get that takedown. He'll stay safe. Um, and outlast Cyril gone, you know, I think somebody that has the power like Sergey or like a black beast. I don't think black beast beats John Jones, but that kind of power right. till one, you know, the touch of death is what's going to get John Jones. Francis would have been interesting for that. Francis. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, it should be a very interesting card from top to bottom. Looking Chevy, forward to it. We got coming up uh, one more time. All right, March 11th, UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Dwalish Vili. Then we'll be moving on March 18th, UFC 286 from London, Edwards versus Usman 3 for the welterweight belt. And then another great bantamweight matchup, March 25th, UFC Fight Night, Vera versus Sandhagen. All right, some great fights coming up, great fights this weekend. Folks, as always, thanks for tuning in on this snow day, and we will see you at the fight. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, Please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.